This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Illini Inquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Illini Inquirer publisher here with you. And as I record this on October 21st, we are about 48 hours away from kickoff of the 2020 Illinois football season. And boy, did they get a tough one right away as they travel to Madison, Wisconsin. They'll do that Thursday, stay overnight for the 7 p.m. kickoff against the number 14 ranked Badgers and the defending West Division champions in the Big Ten. But Illinois, of course, has a little bit more confidence after making a bowl game last season. And that all started with a win over the number six at the time, Badgers, in uh, Memorial Stadium as James McCourt's field goal goes through the uprights. So many big plays from that game. Jake Hansen's forced fumbles, Tony Adams' interception, Devin Witherspoon's shoestring tackle, uh, Brandon Peters with a couple big throws down the stretch, Dre Brown uh, with a big run, and uh, Reggie Corbin had a pretty good day as well. So, so many big plays led to that win, which really turned Illinois' season and potentially Lovey Smith's tenure here. But, of course, the Badgers might be looking for a little bit of revenge here, and the Badgers still are very, very good. Illinois hasn't won in Madison in seven trips up there, so seven straight wins for the Badgers, and Illinois hasn't beaten Wisconsin in back-to-back seasons since 2002. Of course, Wisconsin looks a little bit different this year, especially on offense. They have a new quarterback they have a new running back trying to replace a legend and they got a couple new offensive linemen as well and on defense they return a lot from one of the best defenses in the country last year though they do lose a couple key pieces especially uh, some playmakers uh, pass rushers in that defense so let's break down the Wisconsin Badgers get you ready for kickoff let's get into the nitty-gritty of what this matchup will look like and that's how you know It's game week. We're going to get into a game week rhythm where this, a preview with the opposing beat writer, somebody who knows a lot about the program, that is going to be a regular occurrence here on the podcast, which is exciting, right? We're getting to a rhythm, a game week, in-season rhythm of what uh, things will look like, previewing games, talking about the nitty-gritty, what these players will be this year, what these matchups are, what are the keys to the game. Let's get into it, shall we? Josh Schaefer is a new reporter for Badger 24-7, our great Wisconsin site at 24-7 Sports. Josh is new to the beat, but, man, he knows a lot about this team. He went back and watched almost every game from last season, has been reporting the heck out of this team uh, during training camp as well. And uh, he was really good uh, in this interview. I think you get a lot of insight about what the Badgers bring and why they should probably be considered Big Ten West favorites yet again. But Illinois might have a few openings to try and shock the world yet again in primetime on Friday night. Let's talk about the game between the number 14 Badgers and the Illini with Josh Schaefer, Badger 24-7. That's next on the Illini Enquirer podcast. 
CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back into the Illini Enquirer podcast, and let's get you ready for the Big Ten season opener. It's here, Illinois at Wisconsin, the first Big Ten game of this odd 2020 year in this odd 2020 season. And joining us now, new to the Wisconsin beat, Josh Schaefer at Badger 24-7. Josh, uh, thanks for joining us. Welcome to 24-7 Sports and the Big Ten. How's it treating you so far, man? Thanks, Jeremy. Uh, you know, it's been good. I uh, I can't say it's been particularly too different yet, right? I'm waiting for the games to get going. I'm waiting to sort of see see what happens. And I know this year is going to be a different experience than than most years. I, I was really looking forward to, you know, seeing Camp Randall full, seeing jump around, seeing all that stuff in person come Friday night. So that part will be a little weird, but I'm excited to, to get going and get to know the Big Ten a bit more. Just from a media perspective, maybe most people don't find this interesting, Josh, but we haven't been able to watch practice. So how have you guys been able to kind of gather uh, what you can know about this team during the training camp? Yeah, and I mean, I'll even add on and admit here, for someone that's new on the beat, I don't know. what I don't have a ton of sources yet, right, inside yeah. the program or anything like that. So a lot of it is just most of it. It seemed like a lot of our interview sessions with players and things like that turned into asking people, how so-and-so looks, how their position group looks. Like, say, Noah Burks, who's a Wisconsin outside linebacker, he's the only real returning starter at that position. I think we asked him about almost every other person that could play the opposite outside linebacker and sort of said, how's that person look? How's this person look? And then you try and take nuggets from there. And we got to talk to the position coaches. So we had a lot of availability. And then we got to watch the practice highlights, which is always fun, right? As far as like what Wisconsin releases online, you basically get a minute mashup of all the different running backs and try and see well, who's in with that group, what numbers are out there and sort of went about it that way. But yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, that's what makes Friday a little bit hard to predict. I think uh, for anyone is it's hard to know who's healthy, who's coming out of camp, maybe a little nicked up, who could maybe be caught up in the virus or something like that. We're not entirely clear on some of those things. So it's been a lot of a lot of guessing, and hopefully I think we'll get a little bit more clarity once Friday comes. Yeah, Josh, I want to ask you about an exercise you did here to kind of get to know this team, which I think is great. But uh, a lot of Illini fans have, have seen the Wisconsin COVID numbers, and, and it's been alarming as it is across the country, but Wisconsin specifically. Uh, how, how have the Badgers kind of dealt with it so far? And, and do you guys know? Um, if everybody is, is good to, to go. I mean, Lovey Smith said earlier this week uh, they're COVID-free. We'll, we'll see if that holds up by Friday. But um, what, what does Wisconsin say? So here's a, here's a fun nugget for you, Jeremy. I actually asked Paul Chris this about an hour ago. I asked a, what I view to be a pretty direct question. Uh, it ended with, are you expecting to be missing anyone come Friday due to that reason? And the reason I had listed previously was COVID. And he said... I'm proud of the way kids are handling it. And, you know, every one of those, it's it's a day-to-day thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, knock on wood right now, and you just hope it stays that way. So 
and Wisconsin has not released any numbers. Um, so, so that's the closest thing we have to an answer, which I would say is obviously a total non-answer. Um, so I, I don't think we really know. Uh, yeah, I know just from being in Madison, COVID is not great up here right now. The situation is not ideal. Wisconsin's not doing very well. Uh, I don't think the campus is necessarily doing great overall, but we've been seeing all the star players in interviews and in practice clips. So I don't think any big names would be missing come Friday. Yeah, it's kind of uh, we'll find out game day, I think, for everybody. Uh, see what the, the participation report is. Uh, so, Josh, you went through most of Wisconsin's games last year and, and rewatched the film. So I'm wondering, when you got to Illinois-Wisconsin and uh, the, the probably the worst game of Wisconsin season last mm-hmm. year, uh, what were your big takeaways from that? I think it was college football's biggest upset by the spread last year. Yeah, I my biggest takeaway, and this is actually I'm working on this story right now, and it's kind of a takeoff of a story you wrote, Jeremy, on uh, Lovey Ball and uh, takeaways and what they mean for Illinois. Is just a lot of Wisconsin fans, and especially on our message board and things like that, keep saying, "Well, that game totally slipped away from Wisconsin. Like without those two freak takeaways, there's no way that Wisconsin loses that game." And in some ways, that's fair, right? Wisconsin had double the possession. Wisconsin had more yards. I mean, they in some ways dominated the game, but Illinois held Wisconsin, which ran the ball well, obviously with Jonathan Taylor all year to somewhere around four and a half yards per carry. And a lot of those were on first down. Uh, Illinois, or sorry, Wisconsin ran well on first down through probably the first two drives. And then Illinois stuffed them pretty good. They did a good job of holding up Wisconsin's offensive linemen. The Illinois linebackers pretty much ran free most of the game. I think two of the linebackers combined for almost 30 tackles or something like that. Like when you watch the game, that was the number one thing that stuck out to me. I was like, wow, is anyone blocking either of these mm-hmm. linebackers? It seems like not. And then it ended up resulting in a couple of Jake Hansen turnovers. Um, so that was probably the biggest thing that stuck out to me that could translate into this year's game too, because now Wisconsin doesn't have Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. So what if Illinois' scheme holds Wisconsin to not running that well and Wisconsin doesn't have one of the best running backs ever in college football, well, now you could be in a bit of trouble because then you're forcing a redshirt freshman quarterback to probably do a lot in his first start. Yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, But just how how is Wisconsin? How are Wisconsin fans? How are Wisconsin people kind of approaching this game against Illinois? Is it revenge or is it, uh, hey, we're going to prove our dominance again? Or or are they nervous that uh, Illinois actually might uh, have a chance in this one? Um, so the, the fans definitely want revenge and the fans are definitely confident, which I think is, is not surprising. Right. I think Wisconsin had won, I want to say, was it nine in a row before that game last year? Something like that. Um, they, they had a good little run there. And so I think the, the fans do feel confident. I think the, the coaching staff is sort of waiting to see some of the unknown. I think they're confident in what they have in even some areas where there are new guys, like say the offensive line, you bring back a John Dietzen who played great for Wisconsin for a couple of years and then had to sit out last year due to injuries, but came back out of retirement. Um, I think some of those areas they feel very strongly about. I just think it's like the year 2020. There's a lot of unknowns. So I think that they're, like, I think if you asked the Wisconsin coaches, they probably would have thought the 20 some odd point spread that opened up was a little big. Um, as Paul Chris was saying today, it's hard to scout a team like this, right? It's hard to scout Illinois, who brings in a lot of transfers, um, who hasn't played a game this year, just like Wisconsin hasn't. It's just hard to sort of understand what you want going in. 
but I do think it will be a typical Wisconsin team that is still going to try and run the ball, is going to play strong defense, try and force a couple turnovers, and basically wear down an Illinois team by having maybe a couple more talented, bigger, stronger guys and sort of trying to assert their dominance in that way. Well, Graham Mertz is now the starting quarterback. Of course, that's probably the biggest storyline heading into Wisconsin season. Jack Cohen out with the injury. Who is Graham Mertz, and what is he like as a player? Yeah, so Graham Mertz, uh, he's a four-star recruit out of Kansas, in case anyone has totally no idea who he is. He uh, He's a lead 11 quarterback kind of guy. Um, he can throw a long ball for sure. I would say that's probably the number one thing people in Wisconsin are excited about. He's one of those quarterbacks, and I'm sure you'll see this Friday night, no matter what kind of game he has. When he drops back and he throws the ball, it just looks good. It looks pretty. Um, he's the highest rated quarterback Wisconsin has ever recruited in the quarterback rankings era. era. So he, he has a lot of expectations, and a lot of people are counting on him to sort of do something different than we've seen from Wisconsin quarterbacks here in the past. And I think what he does particularly well and what he worked on this offseason is sort of understanding defenses and really narrowing down what the defense can do based on what formation they're in and things like that. I talked to his quarterback coach, Justin Hoover, uh, out of Kansas, and that was one of the big takeaways, I think, from what their offseason was like, was, okay, so Graham came last year, he sat behind Jack Cohn, got a total information overload, obviously, of what college football is like at the Big Ten level. Now what can he do with that? And I think when you look back, circling back to some of the stuff you see from last year's game, it only played a decent amount of cover zero at times, mm-hmm. leaving those corners out on an island, bringing the safeties either in a blitz or just walking them up in the box. If they do that and force Graham Mertz's hands, he is confident and he will swing the ball deep. We've seen clips of it from practice. That's all over his high school highlight tape. He played in a spread offense in high school and threw the ball around a lot. He's accurate and can really throw it deep. So if Illinois tests him, there's a chance he passes and it doesn't go well for the fighting Illini if he can hit a couple deep ones. Yeah, there's two ways you can probably look at it, and it's probably somewhere in the middle, right, Josh? Is one, Mertz hasn't barely thrown passes at, at this level in this kind of right. uh, game. So maybe that's an advantage for Illinois, especially early in the game. Uh, but then there's this other side that, hey, this isn't some you know backup quarterback. This is, as you said, a very hyped, very uh, highly recruited guy um, who could surprise you a little bit. Maybe the film, not having film, helps Wisconsin because they know what he can do and, and Illinois might not. So uh, how do you expect Paul Christ uh, to kind of use Graham Mertz in the opener? Yeah, I. so there's two... There's a fun version of this that I have created in my head, and then there's the version that will probably happen. Uh, We'll start with the fun version. The fun version is Wisconsin comes out in maybe not the shotgun. We won't go that far, but the pistol at least, and has three receivers out there and tries to throw the ball around for the first series because I don't think – I think they could show a different formation or two that Mertz runs probably better than Jack Cohn as far as like a traditional traditional spread offense shotgun or something out of the – out of the pistol that could hit well that isn't using play action, like that is running a couple combination routes on the outside. Wisconsin could show that first drive, try and do something completely different than what Illinois seen on film and see if they can get a quick drive going. Now, what will Wisconsin probably do? They'll probably use Graham Mertz in the game, run the ball a couple times, and 
use their use their offensive line, which I think will be a strong point of the team to get those running backs going that haven't seen much playing time and probably slowly work their way down the field on some more of a methodical drive. And then maybe Graham Mertz opens it up in the play action game or once uh, once he's eased into the game a little bit more. Okay, so Wisconsin does lose its two major or two of its major weapons. Of course, you mentioned Jonathan Taylor, who's not just the the big old running back who uh, gets a bunch of yards behind the offensive line. <laughs> Obviously, he's he's a special talent, kind of like Melvin Gordon. Very uh, and, good. Yeah, and then Quintez Cephas was a really good wide receiver and in a tumultuous career with the off the field stuff. That, uh, but they they still have a pretty experienced group of skill players there. Jake Ferguson's one of the best tight ends, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in the big 10. Um, so who do you think is, is kind of these go-to guys? Who, who do you think is the best running back here and, and how good is this wide receiver group? Yeah. So I think starting with Ferguson, I think there's a chance, especially with a young quarterback, he might be the guy come Friday, a tight end and the kind of offense Wisconsin runs is often open and he's a very consistent player, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the guy at the end of the game that Illinois fans are like, wow, Jake Ferguson had six catches for close to 100 yards and maybe a touchdown. I think that that could very much happen. Uh, at running back, Garrett Groshek, who should be a uh, familiar face for some of the Illini fans. He was kind of the third down back over the past couple of years. Uh, he's right now listed as the co-starter with Nikea Watson. I would say Nikea, who came in last year for Jonathan Taylor, and on the first and second downs is going to be the first and second down back. He's known as a downhill runner. I think he's 5'10", 225 pounds, something like that. He's going to hit the holes that the Wisconsin offensive line creates for him and hit them hard. I don't think he's necessarily, from what we know this far, expected to be much of a home run hitter. He really wasn't a home run hitter last year. That hasn't really been his game. I don't think he has pure breakaway speed if he gets out into the open. Who could do that? is uh, Isaac Guriendo, who is a converted wide receiver to running back. So he's got wide receiver track style speed and supposedly has been sort of the third guy in the mix at running back for Wisconsin. Uh, If he comes in and gets the ball, watch out if he's in space because he can definitely move and he could be sort of that difference maker. At receiver, yeah, replacing Quintez Sivas is a big ask. Um, so they're starting with Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor. There are two seniors who ran a lot of jet sweep last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I know they did that a decent amount in the game against Illinois as well. Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor have experience when Quintez Sivas was out as far as being more number one style guys. Davis is probably more of your downfield target versus Kendrick Pryor is more of a slot guy. Danny Davis from the highlights we've seen from practice and some of the clips has definitely gotten open and beaten some of Wisconsin's better corner deep. Uh, and Merce has been able to find him. So he might be the kind of guy they throw a deep ball to. Another name to look out for too, that's sort of been the buzz around camp here, the freshman everyone's excited about is Chimre DK. He uh, isn't listed on Wisconsin's depth chart at receiver, but he's listed as a kick returner right now. But everybody, I mean, I asked safety, Eric Burrell, senior safety on Sunday, who's one guy that was really annoying to cover during camp. Didn't ask him if it was a young guy, an old guy, any guy. And he says, Jim Ray DK. Hmm. And to list a true freshman on that sort of question really stuck out to me. Of, wow. That kid must be really doing something. And it could even be on scout team or something against the number one defense. But for him to be able to start creating like that and create that buzz in camp, my guess is you'll see him get some reps and he's a big play threat guy. He can really move in the open field. 
Wisconsin just has an offensive line factory. Once they ship one out, they just make another one uh, that looks the same and, and produces the same, and they're awesome every year. Uh, so I know T- Tyler Biotish was great um, and is now with the Dallas Cowboys, but is it just a reload for the offensive line? Do you expect them to be as good as, as they always are? I think so. Um, I think like you just mentioned, Biotish is except- was exceptionally good at center, and they asked him to do a lot like pulling from the center position out in the front of a run is really asking your senator to do a lot. And he did that better than anyone in the country. Um, so Caden Wiles is stepping in there who has some experience playing center a bit. He'll be, he'll be the center. And then you have John Dietzen coming in at guard to fill one of those slots too. And like I said, Dietzen has played extensively for Wisconsin in the past. Uh, he took last year off. He thought he had retired for good. And then he came back. But I think, they feel like that's pretty much a reload from what uh, Deedson and Cole Van Lannen, who's playing uh, left tackle this year, said. They, f- they feel like they have as good of a group as they've ever had there. They mm-hmm. think that they reloaded well. They think the guys get the concepts. They think it's basically going to be seamless, which if you're Wisconsin headed into this game, I think that's the best case scenario. Um, if your offensive line is solid in their assignments and what they're doing, then – that's the best chance for this to be the kind of game that Wisconsin fans want to see against Illinois, which is a little bit of a beatdown. Yeah, and Illinois defensive line that uh, loses four starters, so they're trying to reload there uh, as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's the huge concern for Illini fans. All right, I, I think we should probably talk more about this Wisconsin defense, which just happened to be one of the best in the country last <laughs> year, and returns nine of 11 starters. And Illinois found a way to get 24 points against them when they weren't giving up touchdowns during that stretch. So uh, they do have to replace, let's start here, two great pass rushers, Chris Orr and, and Zach Vaughn combined for 23 and a half sacks last year. Uh, again, they kind of got a factory of pass rushers at Wisconsin, but um, how, how do they replace those guys or do expectations change at all with those two guys gone? So I think expectations need to change a little bit. And it sounds like from talking to the outside linebacker group and the defensive line group, it has changed a little bit. Wisconsin runs a 3-4, which traditionally in a 3-4, you're not asking your defensive line to lead the team in sacks. Right. Someone on, You're asking that outside linebacker like a Zach Bond to lead the team in sacks, not a defensive end. Um but I think they want to see more out of guys like Isaiah Loudermilk or a Matt Henderson this year, or Matt Henderson who had a sack against Illinois last year, Keanu Benton who's going to be by himself in the middle there that's very athletic and can move. I think they want a couple more sacks out of that defensive line. But, yeah, it's, it's got to come down to the outside linebackers when it comes to the pass rush. And that group's going to be really interesting around here. People are really excited to who winds up opposite Noah Burks, the outside linebacker. So Burks – who had a couple flashes last year making some good plays and is really a very consistent outside linebacker. He's not a crazy pass rusher. Jim Leonard does a great job of dialing things up, so he'll find his way in uncovered, I'm sure, a couple times. But he's not at the athletic level of, say, a Zach Bond who could really rush the passer. That's going to come from either Isaiah Green May, who's a long 6'6 outside linebacker that was out for a lot of last year with a hand injury, uh, he's supposedly feeling better this year. And I think he put on a little bit of weight, too. And early on, uh, the coaches compared him to a, a baby deer. They said <laughs> that he uh, didn't really know how to run with his body yet. Yeah. And they think this year he might be able to sort of take that step. Um, and so he's he's a freakishly long guy and very good. 
And then if it's not him, it's going to be freshman Nick Herbig, uh, a four-star recruit out of Hawaii that went to the same uh, high school as Tua Tagovailoa and Marcus Mariota. He's supposedly just a high-motor guy. And the comparison, which it's a comparison for him three years from now, it's not a fair comparison for now, but the play style is similar to a TJ Watt. Mm -hmm. He gets after it. He's very aggressive. And again, when you talk to Wisconsin offensive linemen about who was the hardest person to block in camp, they say Nick Herbig. They say the kid was everywhere. And so we'll see come Friday night how ready he is. I mean, he's obviously going to be undersized. He's only a true freshman. He wasn't able to have spring ball and some of the summer training. And I think that's going to be a hard year for true freshmen in general. But he could be someone that we see in the backfield repeatedly Friday night if what we've heard comes true. Yeah, Wisconsin's kind of known, and I mentioned it, kind of as this uh, offensive line factory. But, man, they, they churn out linebackers and DBs, too, uh, to the mm-hmm. NFL. Um, and outside of those pass rushers, they seem pretty strong, again, with what, Sanborn and then a very experienced secondary. Is that kind of the strength of, of what they have defensively? Yeah, yeah. I think the they return everyone at defensive line and in the secondary. Outside of uh, Reggie Pearson won't be back this year at safety but they have experience in safety. Wisconsin had sort of an unfortunate amount of injuries over the past couple of years in the secondary. So as Jim Leonard sort of says, he's like, I feel like I've played everyone at this point. Like literally, if you go down the two deep, pretty much everyone has played at D-back or safety. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of Fayon Hicks, Caesar Williams, and Rashad Wild Goose at, at defensive back. All three of them have played well and played together good and then safety we're not quite sure what's going to shake up with the free safety position in terms of if it will be Colin Wilder or Scott Nelson but both of those guys have played solid in the past and then Eric Perel uh, tied for the lead or tied for the lead uh, in interceptions last year for the Badgers so he's a guy that I number 25 that I would watch to maybe make a, a ball hawking sort of play the other guy that we haven't talked about on defense that I know people around here are excited to see is who will be next to Jack Sanborn Jack Sanborn will definitely make a lot of plays. He's the kind of guy that you can't watch this game and not notice him. The other middle linebacker that should be slotting in there is Leo Chanel. Uh, he's one of those just absolute freak guys that he posted during quarantine. I think he benched 225, like something like 30 some odd times or something like that. It was like a crazy video. Um, but everyone sort of says that he's a total – He's a freak when it comes to strength and speed and things like that. So it'll be interesting to see how he sort of, if he is there mentally, because if he's not there mentally in run fits or pass coverage, Illinois might be able to hit a big one if he's just totally out of position. So Josh, before we let you go, what what are just your keys to Wisconsin winning this game? And and maybe you mentioned a little bit the takeaways by Illinois. Are, are there any other concerns they have about facing this Illinois team? Yeah, I mean, I think either of us would say, obviously, especially when you're playing Lovey Smith, it starts with takeaways. But the other thing I th- is just the defense in general. I think Illinois has a solid offense this year. Uh, bringing back a starting quarterback, having multiple options at receiver. I don't know where Wisconsin's defense sits as far as those new, those couple new positions we just talked about, mainly specifically the pass rush. If Wisconsin doesn't get a good pass rush, this game could not go well for them. Mm. They could they could really have some troubles if you're not putting pressure on the quarterback. And so I think that's probably the biggest question. 
Offensively, I think they're going to be okay because of how good the offensive line is supposed to be and most likely will be. Um, I think that's just a point of consistency in this program. And if you're really looking to run the ball at the end of the day, they can get four yards no matter really who's at running back as long as someone hits the hole. Um, you're not going to have the crazy playmakers you've had in the past maybe, but as long as you play strong there, I think it can be okay. I just don't think Wisconsin wants this to be a high-scoring game. I don't think you want Graham Mertz in his first college start to need to put up 30 points to win by three. Mm -hmm. I think you want to be in control of the clock, running the ball, and feeling like your defense is keeping Illinois in check. So if Illinois' offense is as improved as some people seem to think it is and very well could be, it might not be the style of game that Wisconsin needs to play in the first game of the year. Wisconsin has won four of six Big Ten West titles since they split uh, the Big Ten split to East and West. You know, Iowa's always kind of been Wisconsin, but maybe just a tier below. Uh, Minnesota's making this push. Nebraska, we're all still waiting on to be as good as Nebraska thinks it will be. Uh, and then Purdue uh, and Illinois still trying to get the rebuild, but we think they're a lot closer. Um, it, does Wisconsin? Do you think Wisconsin is still the king uh, of the West here? Yeah, I think you got to be the king until you until you get fully knocked off, right? Yeah. I think Illinois obviously had a good shot at them, and I think that must have woken up the program a little bit of, you know, this Illinois team is starting to rebuild. This is a more legitimate team coming in this year and last year than it was three years ago. But I think it's it's the Badgers' side of the conference until anyone really sort of starts taking it from them, and I think it will start defensively for this team this year, hopefully, if the defense plays like it can and then you'll see what happens offense I think the offense is such a question mark this year that it's really as far as it should be good on paper but what if Graham Mertz comes in and totally panics Mm -hmm. then it's a totally it's a wild it's a wild year anyway and there's a lot of question marks so that's why I think you probably stick with the consistency right and you think maybe they end up losing one game uh at some point during the year but I think they'll probably end up winning uh winning the West Division yeah, and, and to the one or two Northwestern fans who might be listening, I did not forget you. Sorry, I just didn't mention you there. Um, <laughs> but Pat Fitzgerald's obviously a heck of a coach. It's built a heck of a program. Uh, Josh Schaefer, Badger 24-7. Glad to have you on the beat, man. You've obviously done your homework on this. And uh, looking forward to possibly meeting you in the press box. Uh, actually get to cover a game in person here. Can't wait to do it. Yeah. Looking forward to it as well, Jeremy. Thanks for having me on. This was this was fun. Great stuff from Josh Schaefer, man. Uh, he knows his stuff, and uh, that was really good breakdown of the Badgers. Hope you enjoyed that. As I said early, it's going to be regular occurrence. We're going to get you insight every week on the podcast. We obviously do the Know Your Foe uh, on the site. You get that. We we preview the game. I got a big preview ready to go, and uh, a couple of my writers. A couple of the youngins, uh, I think, are feeling Illinois in this one. And uh, you'll see what uh, some of us others, our picks are for this game as well. I, I've kind of thrown mine out there already. I, I, I do think the Badgers should be favored in this one, though I, I do think that spread is a little big. doesn't mean I don't think Wisconsin can cover it. I just think it's a, it's a little big based on what I think Illinois should be this year. Some questions about Wisconsin. Uh, but until you keep knocking off Wisconsin, they, they still should be considered the king, especially with how they responded uh, to that Illinois. Illinois lost last year. They kind of ran roughshod over the Big Ten West after Illinois woke them up a little bit this year. And you know the Badgers will be prepared for Illinois this year. They will not take them lightly. But all that coming to the website at IlliniInquirer.com. Might do a couple. Uh, might do another podcast before we get to, to 
kickoff as well. Maybe some thoughts I have remaining about this team. But I always appreciate listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. And don't forget, if you want VIP access, you've never signed up for VIP access. Now's a great time to do it because we got two months of Illini Inquirer VIP access. And boy, uh, some some nuggets, some tidbits on the Bryce Hopkins recruitment. Derek Piper's had those. We have great insight into the Illini program uh, for football. I've put up my overs and unders, my bold predictions this week. Uh, we'll have more uh, on that coming up. But uh, two months of Illini Inquirer for just $1, just $1. So try it out right now. Go sign up the next two months, less than a cent, uh, less than two cents per day. Uh, try it out. I think you'll really, really enjoy uh, the most in-depth Illini coverage that you can get. Always appreciate listening to the podcast. If you don't already, subscribe to us, rate us, review us. We appreciate when you do that. Everybody enjoy this, what looks like a pretty nice fall day out there. Take care of each other, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.